Amen, amen. We live Facebook. Hey, we welcome Facebook Live. Let's give them a hand. We got people all across the country. God bless you. Those of you who are tuning in here to Harvest, and we appreciate you and value you. Thank you for uh, uh, tuning in. So we're in the seventh week in our series, and I remember starting this seven weeks ago saying we'll probably go to the election and maybe a little after, but uh, today's topic, I'm going to actually break it up in two because I think there's some heavy points, and uh, we'll see how that goes, and then we're going to receive communion. I actually have a, a word for, for communion here, and so so I've kind of cut this in half. You know, actually, someone told me and said, will you please tell Pastor Mike to stop cutting his message short? Wow. You know, that really, you know, usually it's the other way around, you know what I mean? I'm like, enough. So, but it keeps you coming back, amen? You know, so, well, we're going to cut this a little short today. No. So, uh, our text has been Ephesians uh, 6.13, this seventh week, and I'm talking about overcoming the cancel culture. Uh, Ephesians 6.13, therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, hmm, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Somebody shout, to stand. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we have two days to the course of this nation's determined. Right? And I think people are at election and COVID fatigue right now. I honestly think, I mean, we're, I can't, I'm so happy November 3rd's coming, right? It's exhausting. It's just enough. It's a, people have had it. You know, I heard this testimony, it's actually true, that uh, when the Germans were bombing in Europe, that the sirens would go off, right? This is World War II. And the people would be terrified, and whatever they're doing out in the garden, wherever they're at, they'd run into their basement. They hid. The bombs would come, the noise, and um, they were terrified. Then they'd finally come out after the, you know, the bombing was over, and and then uh, you know, a few days later, whatever, a week, then the sirens off, and they run to their basement. But what happened after time? They would hear the sirens, and then they would just kind of stay in their house, sitting down, and they would have tea. And then a lot of times they had they'd have coffee or tea that would be on the rooftop. They'd be on the rooftop. This is why some of the, the houses were there in, in Europe, the way they were. And so it just came to a point where the sirens would come off. They'd be on the roof having tea. They wouldn't even go in the basement. They had enough. Come on, somebody. And enough's enough. And I think this is the time we come through this season. And I think God has a word for us here uh, that I'm going to share about coming through. So we pull on the full armor of God and we stand our ground. Now, we know there are different views for the future, for your future, for my future, your family, my family, your children, my children, this church, the church as a whole. Different views for this country and the Supreme Court. Now, let me just say a few things before I begin uh, as I get into this about the canceled culture you are free to disagree with me how many know this is America after all amen <clears throat> and you may even vehemently disagree with me but I will watch this I will defend your right to disagree with me just as much as I hope you will defend my right to say it amen, amen? <clears throat> this is America amen so here's the thing I will not compromise this, I will not compromise my calling or this pulpit to appease anybody The reason is I fear God more than I fear you. Smile. <laughs> Quite honestly, I want to please God more than I want to please you, and so do you. So do you. You want to, amen? That's what it's about. It's us, it's us pleasing the Lord first. And I don't mean that is in your face, but I know it was direct. But the truth of the matter is, is, is that God has not called us to compromise. And if this is a day and age that we are not lukewarm, 
mediocre, come on, milk toast. You know, this is a time that you need to see people stand for what's right and not be fear-filled and hiding somewhere. Amen? So, uh, you know, and all, listen, all pastors want to be loved, you know. And as my wife and I, you, Pastor Appreciation, you are so blessed us this past month. You so blessed us. We are, uh, we are tremendously celebrated, and I mean that. I mean that, and it's not that way in a lot of churches, sad to say. We are so thankful to you all. We mean that from the bottom of our heart. We are blessed, and... And, uh, but at times, pastors, it's a difficult thing. We are called to say hard things. <laughs> Isn't that right? And uh, things that are, that's a heavy burden. That's a heavy burden at times to people that you love and that you serve. So anyhow, we're going to jump right in. What I have to say here, we're going to receive communion. Amen. So we talked last week about just starting about overcoming the cancel culture. And, um, you know, you can be canceled. You can cancel Amazon. You can cancel Netflix. Now you can cancel people. All right. And, and, and so I threw this up as a definition of a cancel culture, and uh, it's a way of behaving which uh, can be vicious at times in a society where a group, especially on social media, in which it is common to completely re reject or stop supporting someone because they have said or done something to offend you, and this can be absolutely brutal. I mean, how people have lost jobs and, you know, been with companies for years, and they've dug up stuff years ago, and... Uh, it's just amazing, amazing. And, and so we said that the main argument against the cancel culture is that it does not enable people who have wronged society the opportunity to apologize and learn from their mistakes. And, and those who have had, they've actually humiliated and shunned and ridiculed. And, you know, it's like, wow. And so, so today we are experiencing this. And it is not not untouched the church, the local church, the body of Christ. And there is a demonic, hear me, intolerant mob that's inspired by Satan that is out there that if you say anything, and I'm not even talking politics here, I'm talking biblical truth is what I'm going to talk about, Bible values, okay, stuff that's in the Bible, your, your, your Bible, those, those truths, because I mean, you know that God is going to not stand with a mob or a culture, he's going to stand with his word, that's what he says, I stand with the word, and so if you want to be on God's side, you got to get on the word side. Okay, so forget about politics here. This is the word. What does the word say in this thing as we respond to this? And so, so uh, this cancel culture that it, it is out there, and you know, as as Christians or you know, even if conservative, we should not have to fear for our life for support, supporting biblical ideas. Amen. You shouldn't have to. Uh, and we, we talked about this last week very quickly in King Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament, and he was the granddaddy of all thought control. <clears throat> he built a statue, demanded everybody bow and worship the statue, 90 foot tall, you know, <clears throat> golden idol. And, uh, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, no, we're not bowing. They turned up the heat. And church, the heat has been turned up. <laughs> it's been turned up. And, and, and so, so here's the thing. There are trigger things that you can say. That are, that, that are in God's word that, 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 uh, <clears throat> uh, that, that the mob can't stand and, and, uh, in, on social media, workplace, even, even in a sermon, a pastor sharing truth in a sermon, and you can get verbally blasted and shamed and <clears throat> even get reported to the thought police, you know, or even fired. And so this is a season where pastors need to have a spine. Okay, and stand up. And, and, and if they say something's a little bit off, okay, well, you know, align that, but they still need to stand, amen, and not grovel. 
<clears throat> and so, so the first thing I want to do is we throw out this triggers about the cancel culture. Uh, cancel culture. We'll see how far we get today. Uh, but the first thing is, I'm going to throw this out. God created the world. Does any Christians in here agree with that? Well, that flies right into the face of evolution. <clears throat> in the beginning, God. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. Well, and, and it, it, he created the heavens and the earth. Now, nobody on an American college campus today is allowed to question the official doctrine of evolution. That's a fact. You can't. Here's some stats about, let me just say this. I'm going to get off on a little bunny trail here, but know this. I'm for education and furthering your education. But just, just some of these things. 27% of college graduates have a, uh, only 27% of college graduates have a job related to their major. 27%. A significant number of grads are underemployed. 62%. Do you know right now, if you do not know 110%, what am I supposed to do? Don't go to college and don't get in debt. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not against college, but you need to understand there is a tidal wave of thought control in universities. Okay? You need to be aware of that. That, 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 that is out there. And, but if you don't know, don't get in debt with 80 to 110,000 or more and go, I don't, there's no openings in my field for painting butterflies and art. You know, they, you know don't do it. Okay? Go to tech school. Learn to trade. Let me tell you, people that are making money right now are in the trade, a lot of them. <laughs> you know, you, you try to call someone to get sheetrock, good luck, you know? Someone that can tape, like, well, I'm not, I'm not handy. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. But there are trades that are starving for people that they need local people to work, to, 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 to do physical things, and they'll pay, they'll pay three times the amount. <laughs> You'll make more than an attorney in an hour, I guarantee you. If you just, can I get an Amen. All right, I'm, I'm just talking real here. I'm not against the university. But listen, if you're a young person and you're ready to go into a university, you got to have a made-up mind. Because that tsunami of thought control will just, oh, it'll, it'll push you down. I know too many stories. My wife and I, as we pastored many years, and, uh, and Chad and Angie helped us many years. Uh, kids that go off, went off to college. They were strong in their faith. College just wiped that out through a philosophy course. Totally paralyzed them. They don't know what they believe. And my God, you need to know that you know that you know. As you go in, go in strong. Can I get an amen? And so, so, uh, I would just encourage, you know, uh, there's this, this real practical skills and trade. If you don't know, learn something for a year, few years. Hey, here's the thing. You can carry that with you the rest of your life. Amen. Right? Come on. You say, well, you know, I don't want to lay block my whole life. But if you know down the road and you want to build a house, come on, somebody. You got a talent or you know someone that does that they can help. That doesn't mean you have to do that the rest of your life. But the trades, you know, I, I got to just make a confession. Right now, think about it. I have my beautiful daughter here, Destiny. And uh, I should have had 12 kids instead of three. Oh, honey, I know you shake your head, but, uh, but, but, but just think about that. I would have had one as a plumber. I would have had one as an electrician. Come on now. I would have had one to lay block. I would have had the most financially secure construction company. I know, whatever. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, Antonio, you know, uh, Garajo, get over here. <laughs> hey, hey, Nico, Nico, you know, you're the electrician. But anyhow, moving right along, let me stay on track here. God created the world. How did I get off on that? <laughs> but hear me. Overwhelming. 
college professors and administrators, they lean left, and it is a pretty good bet that most of their students will. When they get out of, they have to fight that well. You have to really fight that. And so scoffers will laugh at you and cancel if you believe in the fairy tale that there's a wise creator that is out there. But they will ridicule that. Genesis 1.1 says that God created the heavens and the earth. Colossians 1.16 gives the added detail that God created all things through Jesus Christ, the creator. And so the plain teaching in scripture, and I'm just touching on this, and this is all months of series you can talk on this in the scripture, but, but there Therefore, is that Jesus is the creator of the universe. Amen? God created the world. We believe that as believers. Marriage, one man and one woman. Hmm. Genesis 1.27, so God created mankind. These are all inflammatory statements right now. But for us as believers, it's like, amen, amen, that's right. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Period. Now, if you do not believe that God sanctions gay marriage, you'll be labeled homophobic. Never mind that if you love gay people as individuals, but if you don't celebrate the gay lifestyle and promote it without question, you will be considered hateful. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, watch this, he, God, will keep his promise and do what is right. What a powerful truth. He will forgive us of our sins. Wow. Purify us from all our wrongdoing. That is the God we serve. How many know that there's forgiveness and cleansing and restoration in Christ Jesus? Amen? I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. Amen? Moving right along quickly here. Sex is intended for marriage. Man, just cover the ears of your little kid at this time. Genesis 1, 27, 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion, dominion Excuse me, over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You know, when I was a kid, back in the 70s, most families on the network television shows, they had a mother and a father and there was kids, right? Okay, ready? I'm going to date myself. The Waltons. Come on, somebody. Amen? Who remembers the Waltons? Ooh, I think they still have some free ones. I could always relate to John Boy, you know? I just, as the oldest kid, or, or, or Happy Days, Fonzie. Hey, you know? We watched that all the time, every Friday night as kids. And, but there was always a family that they'd go over in a house and all that. But the, the culture manipulators changed all that. HBO and other big media companies made unjustified sex the norm. And for most of their characters, and you may put something on and it's innocent at first, and they interject something like, why did they have to do that? Unnecessary. They're doing it strategically. <clears throat> so we went from father knows best to Californication in 50 years. Isn't that right? Today, you're considered a self-righteous prude if you do not push the free sex agenda. Here's the thing. Sex was God's idea, and God created it. Can I get an amen? Therefore, there's reasonable suspect that it is good. But when man distorts it, watch it. Man distorts it by ignoring God's specific standards. It becomes harmful and destructive. Believe those words, young people. Believe those words. Okay? Okay? 
Don't be the person that says, I have to go out and try to do it on my own to experience it. Mommy and daddy told me there are consequences to those choices and they're painful and they linger. So the question asked why safe sex for marriage is really a question of understanding God's purpose and design for sex. So here's the thing. We can choose to do the things God's way and experience the beauty of his plan, or we can choose to do the things our way and experience harm and destruction. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Proverbs 16, 25, there is a way or a path that appears to be right, but the end, it leads to death and destruction. How many with me say amen? Yeah. Uh, so just one more before we receive communion. Maybe we get one more here. Uh, Abortion is the killing of an unborn child. This is inflammatory. Uh, Psalm 139, 13 and 16, for you are created. For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. He's writing about a child in the womb. Okay? I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in this secret place in the womb. When I was even woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What does that have to say about a child that isn't born, that God has a plan and purpose for each person? It's right there. It's right there. Let me just say this. Let me interject on abortion. If you've had an abortion or a family member, there is grace. There is forgiveness. There is healing in Christ Jesus. I want to get an amen on that. And you need to know that. And, 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 and you know, even, there, there are situations that in certain cases it is morally right. I'm reading from the, what the Catholic doctrine says here. To remove the threat of a mother. There are, there are various things that are out there. And that, that there are very challenging. It isn't that the mother planned that or wanted that. It just happened. How many hear what I'm saying? And, and, and it's either an indirect or unintended effect. And, and this, the child is lost. But overwhelming on abortions are convenience. I don't want this kid. That, that's the overwhelming. If you could just eliminate that, millions of children would be saved. How many with me? So abortion, which is direct and intentional attack against a child's life, is never morally valid. Just throwing that out there. But the media is calling for, uh, you know, racial justice, especially in relation to police reform. But justice, according to today's groupthink, is selective. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Now, despite being dead for 54 years, <clears throat> Margaret Sanger, founder of the organization that became Planned Parenthood, she was a supporter of eugenics. I don't know if you've ever dug into that and studied that. Who some would say uh, worked intentionally to lower the black birth rate. Amazing. I just, it's amazing to me. What? Eugenics, actually in the Greek it means good come into being growing. Actually what that means. And so it's actually the science of improving a human population by controlling breeding to increase the occurrence of a desirable, heritable characteristics. Demonic. Demonic. Okay? So watch this, watch this. When African-American pro-life activist Aliva King... All right, Martin Luther King's great-granddaughter reminds people that Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger promoted abortion and sterilization to reduce the black population. Her comments are ignored in the media. That is shocking to me. In today's narrative of Black Lives Matter, sadly, doesn't apply 
to black babies. Listen to me. All lives matter. Black lives matter. Indian lives matter. Come on, somebody. All the babies matter. All, all lives are precious. And, and if you saw an innocent child that needed rescuing, you wouldn't matter what color it is. You would save that child. You would save that child. So would I. They all matter. Hallelujah. You know, this, this verse just solidifies what I just said. Well, show me in the Bible, Pastor. Well, I'm glad you asked. Colossians 3.10. Look at this. This is an amazing passage. I mean, know oh, God covered all subjects. You are living in a brand new kind of life that is continually learning more and more of what is right and trying constantly to be more and more like Christ. Amen. That's all of us, right? Who created this new life within you. In this new life, uh-oh, one's nationality or race or education or social position is unimportant. Amen. Amen. Wait, 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 what? What did you say, Paul? It's unimportant. Such things mean nothing. Whether a person has Christ is what matters. And he is equally available to all, all people, all black, yellow, white, Indian, Asian, all. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. All lives matter. And we're thankful for all lives matter. Amen? Amen. Amen. I just want to draw this conclusion here and because and, and we're going to receive communion, but which is you bow your heads if you would in this moment. And those of you listening by Facebook Live, and you say, you know, Pastor, I'm, I, I, I've really in this season, I'm not doing well. A lot of people are, are not doing well. They're living in torment and fear. Gee, the Bible says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day that is a day you can get right with the Lord. So I don't know where you're at. Even though I'm speaking on subjects that are really edgy, they need to be preached, they need to be taught, they need to be declared from a biblical perspective. A biblical perspective. But what's most important is you can live this life, you can make money, you can have a family and die and lose eternity. The most important thing is eternal life. Listen, God forbid you died, you had COVID, and you know you, you, you had died of COVID or whatever, or other, some comorbidities. Hey, listen, do you have Christ? Because we're going to see you again, not, not long. We're going to see you. Do you have Christ? That's the most important thing, eternal life. With every head bowed, you say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. I'm not right with the Lord. Or some of you, the Bible talks about the term of backslid. You're, you've fallen, you, you slip back, you've, you've, you've gotten cold. Your heart has become cold or hardened. This is a great day to come back to God. Say, Pastor, I want that. Let us pray corporately, if you would. You're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, today I give you my life. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, save me. I believe you died on that cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you meant that prayer, we have materials that we can help connect with you. We'd love to, to help you. If you don't have a local church, we welcome you to Church for the Harvest uh, in this season. Thank you so much. God.